Well, I hope you enjoyed those songs. Wasn't it cool to see AP uh, doing his thing? It's always good to reminisce. And hopefully this service so far, those songs have uh, inspired you and encouraged you. And and now I'm just going to share a few thoughts as we hear a message and we'll take communion together. So uh, after at the conclusion, I should say of my remarks, I'll pray and we can all take the Lord's Supper together. So if you want to go ahead and press pause, get what you need to make that happen, feel free to do that. But yes, we are looking back on the year. And you know, our year's theme, you know, is fix your eyes on Jesus. What a theme we needed. If there was ever a year that we were tempted to not fix our eyes on Jesus, it was probably 2020. Hebrews chapter 3 says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, fix your eyes on Jesus. Both of those concepts are deeply needed by each one of us. And 2020 has thrown so many obstacles and challenges to get us, quite honestly, to fix our thoughts and fix our eyes on really so many problems and challenges. If the year only had COVID-19, if that was really the only thing that was besetting our world, it would be a deep challenge. Uh, But obviously there was more than just COVID-19. But can you believe over 300,000 just of our own countrymen, let alone around the world, men and women of, of the United States, that number is staggering. The number of hospitalizations, the number of infections, the numbers, they get so big that you numb out almost, but you shouldn't, you don't want to. But it's t- you're tempted to fix your eyes and your thoughts on that. But that's not all we've dealt with. We've dealt with some challenges. As I shared with you, the week it happened, I mean, things like Ahmaud Arbery's murder, that, that was challenging. Uh, what happened with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, these moments were challenging for people. And you saw it. We lived through it together. It was easy to fix our thoughts and fix our eyes on what was going on and what do we need to do and what's going to happen. And I haven't even mentioned what's going on with the election and uh, the challenges and lawsuits and voter fraud. And no, there wasn't. And people just at each other's throats and just convinced that the other side is just evil. Uh, And that is where we are. And I got to be real with you. I went to the barbershop, tried to get my Christmas cut, trying not to look crazy for Christmas, you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting in the chair, TV on, you know. I think it was this local CBS station. Me and the barber, we're sitting there, me and Ricardo's, I think it was five commercials in a row all about the, the runoff elections here in Georgia. And it just, and that was just one commercial segment. It just got so bad, he just had to change the channel. I mean, we're just going to watch some another channel where we don't get all of this craziness. It's just fixing your thoughts, fixing your eyes. So challenging to not focus on this stuff. But here's... Here's the big picture of what I even want to share with you today when I think about fix your eyes and your thoughts on Jesus. To me, honestly, I was tempted at times to feel, well, that's just kind of naive. Maybe that's a Christian cop-out in a way, you know, just tell people to fix their eyes on Jesus and, you know, trust God and 
and everything will be okay. And, but honestly, this year, I, I felt like I, I needed to be challenged in that thinking. And I spent a lot of time this year praying and asking God for wisdom, yielding to God's spirit to just say, transform my thinking, help me out, diving into the word of God. And, and I'm genuinely convinced that fix your eyes on Jesus absolutely is not naive. It's not just pie in the sky. That's absolutely what a person of God needs to be doing in practical ways. And I'm convinced even more that Jesus didn't come here to provide fixes to earthly forms of government or society or culture. That wasn't his role, role in the world. He didn't want to go to one nation. Okay, what kind of, what kind of a government do you have over here? Oh, you have a monarchy. Okay, well, let me help you figure out how to fix it. I'm going to give you some ideas and some tools, and this is how you fix it. Oh, what do you guys have? Oh, you have socialism? Let me adjust the solution here. No, no. Jesus wasn't focused there. Jesus came to usher in his kingdom, and I believe his kingdom is where we find answers, but we may not find, quote unquote, fixes to all of the problems that we have, whether it's the United States of America or any other nation. I'm I'm becoming more convinced of that, and it gives me more faith. It gives me faith that Jesus isn't wringing his hands trying to figure out what to do. Jesus gave us the answers. And we, when we fix our thoughts on him and fix our eyes on him and not all the issues that are going on, that we actually have a chance to offer something to this world that needs help. This world needs light. It needs something different. They're trying all these ideas and fighting for their solutions. And I want justice in the courts just as much as the next guy. I want fairness just as much as the next guy. I mean, who doesn't? I want people to be treated equally. Doesn't matter what they look like. Of course I want that. Who doesn't, right? But I am convinced that when we fix our thoughts and our eyes on Jesus truly, that we do become light. We, when we die to ourselves and allow Jesus to live his life through us, we do provide an alternative for people. And we may not fix every single little problem that's going on or big problem that's going on in our local government, state government, or federal government. But I do believe Jesus came to change hearts. Laws may or may not change hearts. You can get every single judge you want wherever you want them, and laws can get passed every single minute. But just because a law is on the books doesn't mean a man's or woman's heart is going to change from the inside out. And I think Jesus understood that. And I've been, I feel like 2020 has pummeled me in some respects into really seeing the, the wisdom of fixing our eyes and our thoughts on Jesus. And I was so grateful that we did that at the beginning of the year. We spent two months in the book of Hebrews where those passages came from. And if you also remember, we looked at Jesus and how he interacted with women. And that was a part of our women's month. And that was really insightful because Jesus was really showing us God's heart towards women. And so often in society, they are subjugated in ways that are so harmful. But Jesus was honoring women in ways that are powerful. Really, the, the, the scriptures are, are, are attest to that so much. We looked at the miracles of Jesus 
And isn't that amazing when you, you see what Jesus was able to do in real world settings? Uh, Jesus, who if the universe was made through Jesus, something we learned in Hebrews chapter one, it's nothing for Jesus to take H2O and turn it into some of the most incredible wine ever or to actually walk on H2O to be able to hold a man's weight. That's not too hard for Jesus. What? But those miracles, what do they do? They get us to focus on this guy's an alternative to everything I see with my eyes. He's different. What is he saying? Jesus didn't use the miracles just to get you to believe he was a miracle worker. He was trying to get people to say, look, I'm not just a regular guy walking around here. And I, I loved studying the miracles. I also like the radical every day, the, those radical teachings of Jesus. Uh, you know, that's the challenge for us to water the teachings down or to go, oh, well, that's maybe for another culture or God knows my heart, you know, and I can't do all that. Uh, you know, I'm fine. I think we need to look at some of the radical teachings of Jesus and be challenged and wrestle. I think it's great to wrestle with our faith. And we spent time looking at the, the radical teachings of Jesus. And that was very helpful. And I, you know what? I also love the practicing the way series, looking at how Jesus lived his life. You know, Jesus was a Jewish man, you know, and we look at Jesus. Sometimes we read the gospels and we go, how was he so calm and collected? And he wasn't, he didn't seem rushed, even though people are yelling at him, rushing at him. Hey, heal this. He's on his way to do that. And you go, how was Jesus not frazzled all the time? Well, Maybe he understood that there, there's a way to work and there's a way to rest. And he understood that. And he spent like three decades doing it. And so he'd learned some things. He had practiced some ways to allow God to transform his thinking and his mindset and his approach to living as a human. And we would, we would do well to listen and to see how, how Jesus as a human dealt with this world. Things like fasting, praying in a way where there's intimacy. Ooh, I've, this year I spent 80 days of, of a special type of prayer where I feel like it got me out of a spiritual rut. There's no gimmicks to me. It's not about gimmicks. I'm not into the gimmicks. I want to be intimate with my Lord. I want to experience God. I want to just talk about him or hear somebody else talk about him or even just read about him or just do stuff that he says. I want to know him. And I think as people, we need to be open that there have been ways that people have been practicing how to, how to live as Jesus lived. Not only just follow what he says, right? Oh, I love the Practicing the Way series. And I love the series on the kingdom. You know, Jesus is main topic, right, that the Gospels give us is, that's what he talked about, the kingdom. What does it look like when Jesus reigns and rules over the human heart? What does it do to that person? What does it do to a, a town of people if they put themselves under the reign and the rule of Jesus? When you submit and you surrender and you put your allegiance, you give your full allegiance to Jesus and not to Caesar right? Or to whatever government you may be living in. But you identify first and foremost as a citizen in the kingdom that Jesus came to usher in. And I think that's a challenge for many of us. I grew up in Texas and for many years, I, I'm a Texan, I'm a Texan, you know, so proud. I had a Texas flag in, up in college, up in New Jersey. People come to my dorm room. Yeah, I'm from Texas. 
right? Just, just pride in identifying that, you know? Or, hey, I'm, I'm African-American, I'm black, I'm proud, you know, or whatever it is. You, we can have all these identities. But sometimes they seem to step above our identity as a, you know, first and foremost. But for all of that, I have surrendered. And I give my full allegiance to King Jesus. And that might make me look weird to people. And it might put me at odds with a lot of people. But that's who I am, first and foremost. And I believe that's been a challenge for many of us this year, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves. To really live as citizens of the kingdom, first and foremost. So I was grateful for that series as well. Just finished up our Joy of Giving series. And when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you're going to give like Jesus. No one gave more than Jesus, right? Wow. And, and the joy that he had for the joy set before him. He and even endured the cross for us. And um, he gave his life. So uh, those are the kind of a, the series that we've looked at this year under the banner of fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that really the heart of today. I, I just wanted to just give a reminder. Uh, and, and, and honestly, I wanted to read a passage that was meaningful to me that helped me to fix my eyes on Jesus this year. And um, I was at a uh, a training session uh, and it was about spiritual formation. And the main topic and the main scripture, I should say, the theme scripture for that retreat was one that we're familiar with. But how about I read it in a little bit, uh, maybe of a a different uh, translation than we usually read it in, just to mix it up for you a little bit. Because this was actually the translation that they used uh, at the conference, and it's it's Matthew chapter 11, and beginning in verse 28. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I know many of us are used to the come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know that that's that's a passage that many of us appreciate. But at at this conference, we were actually encouraged to take some time in solitude with this passage and to really read it over and over again and to really allow it to seep into our hearts and and to figure out what is the phrase that really speaks to you. And for whatever reason, that night, reading this passage, the, keep company with me. And, and, and I was encouraged to, to really put myself in that moment and, and to even visualize Jesus saying that to me personally. You know, Jeff, Jeff, keep company with me. And I took that with me in my heart and and, and for the next couple of days, I got to this kind of special place where it was, it was, it was quiet and it was just me and, and Jesus. And I, and I literally was, was picturing him sitting across from me 
And, and, and I felt like we, I was genuinely having a, a conversation, feeling the, the presence and experiencing Jesus, not just reading about him. And, and I felt I felt connected. You know, fixing my eyes on Jesus is not just some some slogan for a year. It's who I want to be. It's a lifestyle that, that I want. And, and this year has really inspired me to keep company with Jesus. And I've spent more time in prayer probably this year. Uh, just, you know, the, kind of that meditative centering prayer for 20 minutes at a time. And I, I, like I said, 80 days of that this year for me, because I, I want to grow. I don't want to be stuck. And it's different for you. It may be different for you. I'm not you, but I just implore you. You're going to have to figure out how to fix your eyes on Jesus in your way. And it may take something different than what you're doing now. And that's okay. Be willing to go there, explore. And that has inspired me to empty myself. Try to do that daily, to pour myself out and to be filled with God's spirit. So, so he can live through me. I don't want to put any obstacles in him living his life through me. And and I I believe that has helped me this year, that concept of keep company with me, Jeff. Spend time with me. And that's been my reality that I've been fighting for. And so many of us, we fight for our ambitions and we fight for our desires and we fight for our rights. And this is mine. I deserve it. They don't deserve it. I deserve it. And all this stuff. And I believe when we do that, we realize we've taken our eyes off Jesus. Jesus is self-sacrificing. Jesus is dying to self. Jesus is self-under, gone. Let the Spirit live through us. And this world is self-promotion. Give me everything I want. It's mine. Oh, Fix my eyes on Jesus. So that passage has really helped me this year. And I hope that it encourages you. And come to him. And the other thing I appreciate about that passage, <laughs> you know, he says in the NIV, come to me. And he says, take my yoke upon you. And, he, and during that week, another one of the times I reflected on that passage I was so grateful that it wasn't, hey, get over here. Hey, I'm putting this on you, and you need to go where I tell you to go. That's not the spirit of it. Come to me. You don't have to. You're not forcing you. And then when you come, he's not putting putting it on you, that, that yoke, right? He's like, take it, take it up. Take it. You put it on yourself. I love that about Jesus. I love that about Jesus. And I, I really believe that this, this is the year where I see that that's what this world needs. It doesn't need me running around screaming all over the place about who knows what. But am I willing to die to myself every day? To keep company with him? To choose him over all the other issues and problems of this world? To put my yoke on, put his yoke on me, I should say, and to kind of let him lead, right? He's taking me along with him. And if I do that, I can have an impact on this world. And I believe that's what he calls us to. And I believe that's what Jesus was here for. And that's what he called his 12 to do. 
And that's what he called really all of his followers, us included, right? We're included in that, to do the same. And I hope fixing our eyes on Jesus is something that has been meaningful uh, to you. And I hope that you can also find a way to connect with God in 2021, right? That's coming up upon us. We've been thinking, you know, what would be a good thing, something to focus on in 2021? In the first part of the year, we we really feel like we're going to focus on faithful together. And I really believe those two words are really what we need. (laughs) Faithful and doing it together. Isn't that what the family of God is all about, what the church is about? But, you know, we thought, you know, if we just jump into there and talk about how we need to be faithful, we need to be faithful, we might actually miss the boat a little bit. And so the very early part of the year, we're going to really focus on how God is faithful. Right? He is faithful. And because, because God the Father is faithful, because God the Son Jesus is faithful, and His Spirit is faithful, right? They're loyal. They keep their covenants and their promises. Then that's what should inspire us to be faithful. And not just one individual person, but being faithful together. We're looking forward to doing that next year. And we are going to do a fast in February. We're not going to jump right in January. We need to kind of get our feet where we're going to teach a little bit more about it. Because, we, again, we want to practice the way of Jesus. And that was one of the things that he did as a follower of his God. And as a person trying to live in this world, fasting was one of the spiritual weapons he chose to use. We don't choose to use the weapons of this world to deal with this world. We use spiritual weapons and they have power to demolish strongholds. We got to have faith in that. Like true, real belief in faith and pour our trust and allegiance in that and not trust in methods of this world to achieve that which only God can achieve through spirit-filled followers and through the ushering in of his kingdom. That's what I believe. And I think 2020 forced me to believe that more than ever. But faithful together, I'm really looking forward uh, to that uh, that series and, and focusing on He is Faithful. And I'm going to close out reading this passage, kind of where we started. I know it's been one of those reminisced days, right? But I want to look at this passage in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Because to me, I, I see this, this the, these descriptions in here, and I go, it's, it's exhilarating, and it's, it's inspiring to me. Uh, that people of God, we are we are standing on the shoulders of people that have gone before us. And I just hope we can be inspired by these moments in Scripture and to remember that this is how real people lived in their communities, in their cultures, under their governments. And this is what they chose when they had a choice to live their lives. And I'm grateful for the writer of Hebrews to remind us of these types of folks. If I could... Well, I could, but I'm choosing not to. I could read all of all of Hebrews 11, but I'm going to pick it up towards the end and then flow into Hebrews 12, where we hear that reminder to fix our eyes on Jesus. And then I'll pray and we'll take the Lord's Supper together. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others 
trusted God and were tortured, preferring to die rather than turn from God and be free. They placed their hope in the resurrection to a better life. Some were mocked. Their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in dungeons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawn in half, sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about in skins of sheep and goats, hungry and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. And all these people we have mentioned received God's approval because of their faith, their allegiance to to God. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had far better things in mind for us that would also benefit them. For they can't receive the prize at the end of the race until we finish the race. And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of these witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Join me in prayer. Father, we are reminded of the power in fixing our thoughts and our eyes on Jesus. We are reminded that many have gone before us with faith in you. And some who never lived When Jesus walked the earth, they lived before that, but they still put their trust and their allegiance in you over any earthly entity. First and foremost, they trusted in you. And Father, we read about their courage and their faith. They were mistreated. They faced injustice and they faced all of that. And they never quit trusting in you first and foremost. They never regretted that they placed their allegiance to Jesus above all others. And even though they breathed their last breath and they hadn't experienced all that they had hoped, Father, we know that they were victorious. And we know that they are urging us on. That while we, some of us feel the temptation to, to place our allegiance in earthly weapons and earthly methods and many look to us as being naive or short-sighted but father we hear there we hear the cloud of witnesses with our ears of faith and we hear them cheering us on and spurring us on to fix our eyes on king jesus that even if we get disappointed and disillusioned by what happens on this earth, and even if it takes us out, that we still have a promise that can never be taken away. I'm going to fix my eyes on you, Jesus. And I'm thankful that you stayed on that cross. 
and you absorb the worst injustice the world had to offer, the worst of sin that I had to offer, and you took it upon yourself, and you didn't retaliate, and you didn't demand that I follow you, but you you gave yourself up. And I'm grateful that you rose again to show who you really are. And we can celebrate that. And this is the last Sunday of 2020. And King Jesus, we have been tried this year. It has been a challenge. We're still here. We thank you for your body that hung on that cross. And we thank you for the blood you shed. And we're grateful you rose again. And we're grateful that you left and the spirit is with us. And he can live through us and change this world. And that one day you will usher your kingdom in and our faith will become sight. And we thank you for 2020. We're going we're gonna to have Thanksgiving, even though some of it was really challenging. And we thank you for the good memories we've even reminisced about in this service. And as we take this Lord's Supper, we give you our lives and our allegiance. 